Welcome to Technically Political, your daily roundup of political news. My name is Arya, and thank you so much for joining us for our very first episode. This episode covers August 17th, 2021. Now keep in mind, the world of politics is always moving, so some things may have changed by the time you hear this. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into our stories for today. We're going to start off with what's going on in Afghanistan. Just to recap on how we got to here, let's take a look back to last year. On February 9th, 2020, former President Donald Trump established a deal between the U.S. and the Taliban. As a part of this deal, the U.S. pledged to withdraw all troops by May of 2021 and would release several thousand Taliban soldiers who were held as prisoners in Afghanistan against the wishes of the Afghani government who were not invited to be a part of this deal. In return, the Taliban would pledge to not attack U.S. troops and coalition forces or to launch any high-profile attacks in Afghanistan's capitals. Additionally, the Taliban would agree to several provisions aimed at protecting the U.S. from threats from the Taliban or any terrorist groups in the region, such as Al-Qaeda. Over the following months, the Taliban violated some of the terms of the agreement by launching attacks on Afghani forces and civilians. Meanwhile, the U.S. followed through with the planned withdrawal of troops. Once President Biden was inaugurated, he made it clear he planned to adhere to the deal and push to bring all American troops home from Afghanistan. I've concluded that it's time to end America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home. When I came to office, I inherited a diplomatic agreement duly negotiated between the government of the United States and the Taliban. That's what we inherited, that commitment. It's perhaps not what I would have negotiated myself, but it was an agreement made by the United States government. And that means something. President Biden later moved the timeline to have all troops withdrawn by September of 2021. As the months went on, American troops continued to leave and uncertainty loomed. Then, on August 6th, the Taliban defied the U.S. deal and took control of a province in Afghanistan. In the following week, chaos ensued. The Taliban entered Kabul, the country's capital, leading to the evacuation of the American embassy and the departure of the Afghani president from the country. The U.S. took over the airport in Kabul to coordinate evacuation operations and deployed additional troops to secure the airport. Many of the Afghanis that assisted the U.S. in the 20-year conflict were desperate to seek asylum outside of Afghanistan, as it was feared that the Taliban would kill them if they were captured. The airport in Kabul erupted in chaos, as thousands flooded the grounds and even onto the runways in hopes of hopping aboard a plane to get out. Several photos and videos of these heartbreaking scenes have now circulated worldwide, as planes loaded up with as many people as they could physically fit on board. On Monday, August 16th, President Biden delivered remarks where he doubled down on his course of action, but acknowledged that the circumstances did unfold quicker than he and his administration had expected. He then went on to further justify the withdrawal. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. The reaction to the withdrawal has been a mixed bag. Some, like Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, are against the outright withdrawal from Afghanistan. Senator McConnell argues that he was staunchly opposed to removing troops when it was suggested by Presidents Obama and Trump, and continued to predict what came to actually happen as President Biden pushed forward with the withdrawal. 
He justified it in terms of American interest. We would have been better off for the national security of the United States to keep uh, this effort that we had, which was highly successful, in Afghanistan. Most politicians across both sides of the aisle, however, seem to be in favor of pulling our troops out of Afghanistan. Despite this, there are disagreements on the execution of the withdrawal, as well as the courses of action President Biden took. Democrats and Republicans alike are criticizing the president for the overly hasty departure from Afghanistan, which left behind many interpreters and other Afghani nationals who have a difficult process to go through as they seek visas and refugee status. This story will continue to evolve over the coming days, and we'll have more to talk about in a future episode. Now we shift our focus over to Texas. Earlier this summer, legislation was introduced in the Texas state government that included provisions on voting. Republicans claimed the bill was aimed at securing the integrity of elections, while Democrats argued that the bill was restrictive of essential voting rights. Since Republicans in Texas control the House and the Senate, and since the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, is a Republican, it was all but certain that the provision would pass. With no power to defeat it, Democrats in Texas' state government decided to take drastic measures to block the bill. Over 50 Democrats left the state as the Texas House was planning to meet on the bill, leading to an insufficient number of lawmakers being present in the Texas Capitol, resulting in a halt of operations. The Texas Democrats went to D.C. and advocated for federal voting rights, and petitioned President Biden and Congress to rally for action at the federal level. Meanwhile, Texas Republicans opposed the measures played by the Democrats. Governor Greg Abbott, in a statement, made clear his intentions for when the Democrats returned. As soon as they come back in the state of Texas, they will be arrested, they will be cabined inside the Texas Capitol until they get their job done. Since Texas state police do not have jurisdiction outside of Texas, the Democrats that fled would not be subject to arrest until they stepped foot back in Texas. A district judge issued an order preventing the arrest of the Texas Democrats, but this order ended up being blocked by the Texas Supreme Court. And then, on August 17th, the Texas Supreme Court ruled that the Democrats could be arrested. The Democrats continue to reside outside of Texas and will seek further legal action in the coming days and weeks. Our final focus today will be back in Washington and centered on the House Democrats. Next Monday, August 23rd, the U.S. House of Representatives will reconvene to cast some votes. On the agenda is the infrastructure bill that has bipartisan support. Moderates within the Democratic Party want to vote on the bill as its own, but other Democrats, including progressives, are looking to combine the bill's vote with a $3.5 trillion spending bill, which aims to expand health care, provide paid leave benefits, raise taxes on wealthy individuals and corporations, and pursue climate change initiatives. Both sides are at odds here and are threatening to vote down the infrastructure bill if they don't get their way. With the House having tight margins, progressives and moderates could shake up the vote should the rest of the House vote along party lines. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is in favor of the additional spending bill and is calling on Democrats to push through with or without the help of the moderate Democrats who oppose the measure. The White House also expressed their support for Pelosi and the Democrats. Both of these bills would be huge victories for the Democratic Party and the Biden administration should they pass and will play a huge part in party politics in Washington moving forward. 
And that's our show. Thanks so much for listening to our very first episode. I'm super excited to finally see this show go live, and I want to give a huge thank you to all of you for listening. I also want to specifically thank those of you who have supported me in getting this thing launched. And I want to give a huge shout out to my colleagues in the University of Kentucky MBA cohort and my econ professor, Dr. A. You all are awesome. Be sure to check out the description of this podcast for more information on all of these stories. And be sure to join us next time as we talk more politics. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a great day.